The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 44. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. How's it going, Jack? And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. All right, today we are discussing the second episode of Season 2, Seth. Jacob Carter slash Selmak comes to the SGC to ask SG-1 for help tracking down Seth, a system lord who has been hiding out on Earth for thousands of years. Through, through several beautiful websites and some amazing coincidences, they discover that Seth has, been, <laughs> has started a cult that is currently holed up in Washington State. The team arrives at the site only to find that the ATF is there. After pulling out the big guns, General Hammond's direct line to the president, Jack takes command of the operation and Sam comes up with a plan to neutralize the Nishtah that Seth has used to enslave his members. After infiltrating and lots of running around, Sam KOs Seth with Selmek's Karakesh. We also get to see Jacob Carter mint his relationship with his son, an important part of this episode that definitely was fleshed out and mattered. <laughs> yep. It was, a. Uh... This episode felt like filler to me, to be honest. Uh, it, yeah, it, this very much was, I mean, it's a good filler episode. This is probably one of the better filler episodes we've had, but it was, you know, it's very much a standalone episode. You know, we've got this one call we've never heard of and we don't hear about ever again cause he's dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Lisa? What were your thoughts? It's kind of like an after school special from the eighties because <laughs> in the, in the eighties, I feel like everything was about cults. Like you were so worried mm, yep. you were going to get sucked into a cult. And so it was, you know, a little throwback for me, uh, you know, to my. It was not cults, it's drugs, right? Yeah. yeah cults, drugs, yeah. yeah, all those kinds of things. That was the. Hey, kids, don't play D&D because then you'll become a cult member. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that uh, obligatory episode that every TV show did in the 90s that was just a rehash of Waco. Mm. Yeah, yeah, way way before the nineties, they were doing them in the eighties too. Mm-hmm. After Jonestown, like the yeah. very first yeah. episode, or maybe in the second episode of the A Team, was a cult episode where they actually the A Team had to get people out of a cult, much like this. Yeah. Um, if you think about, only this they was, didn't have Zets. Yeah, this was they made a flamethrower. Yeah, yeah, they made a flamethrower out of like a like a propane tank and stuff. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty cool. <laughs> so they didn't have Zat guns on the A Team, but. They um, should have. Yeah, they may do. Yep. That would have been more fun. I I think of like the Earthbound, because there are some Earthbound SG-1 episodes where they just like run around a small town or something. And this is one of the better ones, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. We actually have a real Gould here. Um, 
we get some some moments between Sam and Jacob. Uh, you know, we get some some really good moments with Teal'c and stuff. So this is one <laughs> of the better, you know, stuck on Earth uh, episodes. Yeah. I did think it was uh, funny that the actor they have playing Seth is the same actor who plays Daniel's dad or not yeah, mm-hmm. Daniel's dad in the uh, the Gamekeeper episode. So was it really? Yeah. So well, yeah. no, here's yeah, the funny yeah. part. Yeah, it caught me because it was Robert Duncan is his name. And the guy who played Tom Paris on Voyager is Robert Duncan McNeil. That's they're going, wait, what? <laughs> I don't remember him being in this. And of course, both shows were simultaneous. They were both yeah. airing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and we get some some really classic like Canadian character a- actors like Mitchell Kosterman, who plays like like federal agent on like every show <laughs> from like, X-Files to Supernatural and, you know, everything in between. Yeah. He's that, he's got that look of like kind of the mid-level bureaucrat federal guy. Yep. But, but he stands up to the president. Yeah, so that's he's, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he does have a snazzy jacket. School. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> I do like that they didn't make him out to be a villain or kind of get in the way. Cause I kind of thought that, when when they introduced the ATF and all that, that's kind of the direction they were going to go. But I liked that mm-hmm. they ended up just being helpful. I'm, I'm glad there wasn't any sort of antagonism between them because I feel like that would have just complicated yeah. the plot unnecessarily. Yeah. Well, I definitely it, think their website has probably like raised morale at the ATF. Oh, that, that, that's that's, such a, that's HTML one at its finest. We've all made yeah. websites like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> page 98. That's right. Front page. I, hey, we hey this was top of the line. And this I was top. A, I had a website for my wedding in front page. This was it's top of the line, though. Not just was it HTML1. It was HTML1 running on Netscape Navigator. Nice. I mean, oh, wow. that, was, that was top of the line right there. No Mozilla here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is pre-Mozilla. Go for yeah. Man. I'm pretty sure that uh, that background they have on those websites about Seth and the ancient Egyptians is the exact same background that the Vatican website. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like that that faux aged papyrus look. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun to see a Selmak again. I like a uh, like him and Jacob Carter coming back. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was nice. I, I do like how he shows up and the first thing he does is high five them all over, like getting rid of Hathor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jack's like, yeah, we, yeah, we'll take credit for what we've done. You know, we're, we're happy with yeah. that. <laughs> it was nice. Nice continuity there. Yeah. I did. Um, uh, I did think it was very convenient that they they located uh, Seth that quickly. It's just like, oh, here he is. And but I do like that they did not have his son be in the cult because there's that part when they first get to the ATF camp mm. where they get there and there's the guy who's looking for his son. He's like, "Your son's in there, isn't he?" And I thought, "Oh, it's going to be his son is in the cult because they're on the West Coast." Yeah, I'm glad yep. they didn't do that because that would have been too many coincidences right there. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that was cool having having the dad there. But before they even go looking for the cult, Selmak breaks out the little Tokra holographic projector. And there's this nice moment where both Sam and Daniel are ooing and eyeing over the hologram. Yeah. Sam because of the technology and Daniel because of what's actually shown in the hologram itself. So I thought that was an that was a nice little like moment of character yep. humor there. 
Yeah, that yeah. was good. <laughs> now, speaking of character humor, uh, when they're talking about the different animals that the gods are represented <laughs> by, we get the most amazing joke ever. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a, a high watermark for the for the series. <laughs> Probably one of the best none known jokes. Could, yeah, well, none of us could do that justice, so I, I think we have that queued up. Yeah, we'll just uh, drop that in right here. yeah (laughs) yeah but uh yeah and i love teal's reaction too at the end where he laughs at his own joke and then has a very satisfied see i I, smile on his face well i I took though he kind of looked around and then turned around and kind of looked elsewhere and i thought that was almost like he was embarrassed that he's the only one that laughed at it that he showed that much that's personality i took it as he didn't that's a dad joke face they didn't understand it like yeah yeah, that's how. I yeah, too. that's that's just a. I told an epic dad joke, and no one's going to acknowledge how awesome it was. But I know it was awesome, and I'm going to be laughing about this for the next few years. I, I, I think that's called projection, yeah. Victor. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you're just projecting. I, I feel the same way about my dad jokes. So I yeah. Understand. <laughs> in that moment, I thought, I wonder if they realized what a gem they had in in Christopher Judge. Oh yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, you know, spent the whole first season just pretty much saying "indeed," right? And then mm-hmm. you get those moments that just you just so out of character, so big, and it just cracks you up. And you're like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's been really nice to see him uh, branch out in his emoting over these past two episodes because we had him give that speech in the last one, and then here with the jokes. I, I like seeing his character expand like that. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, there, does, were, there were a lot of. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, he does develop much more as goes along. I mean, he becomes a much more human character. But yeah, it, it, it is fun to to see that development. Fun to see that change. Yeah, there were there were other jokes here that I was hoping I wouldn't have to explain to our nine year old who's watching it with me. <laughs> like Jack's uh, eunuch says in snippety doodah. Oh, I, I really didn't want to. I really didn't want to explain the racist origin of like Song of the South and Zippity Doodah. To yeah, I'm sure that's the part you were worried about. Yeah, that was the part. Yeah, you, it wasn't the Unix part, yeah. you know, and yeah, Unix, not like, the operating was, system. These weren't op system yeah. administrators. Well, I, was, I was waiting for the question and it, and it never came. And I was like, thank you. you know, I'm watching it with I my teens. Want... Granted, they're 15 and 18. And it's like, I didn't know if they knew what that meant but they did because they started laughing and oh yeah you yeah. know <laughs> i wake up and i'm singing soprano <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was like oh because he learns how to sing uh-huh. right and i was like yeah he, he yeah exactly yeah. but he likes yeah. to sing deeper not higher yeah, yeah. he wants to be a bass mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> she's a bass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm uh yeah, we need to talk about uh, their terrible plan, though. <laughs> it's just on, built on so many contingencies. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, what's the su- power supply of these hearing aids, yeah, right? If so, they can exactly. Deliver high enough voltage and amperage to, you know. Right. So I mean, ap- plan, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, apparently, you own know, like a nine volt battery can put out enough juice to zap the mm-hmm. the the mind control chemical out of them. So right. I guess those, you know, air aids are fine. I don't know. Right. And so their entire plan is predicated on them wearing these little hearing aid devices that <laughs> are also audio transceivers, but that doesn't factor yeah. into the plot at all. And then once they are um, infected with the mind control substance, the Nishta, 
they they have to wait for it to fully infect their bodies because if they neutralize it too quickly, it will set up a stronghold. I guess kind of like uh, like Lyme disease or um, whatever it is you get from cats. Uh, hmm. like Toxoplasmosis. Yeah, toxoplasmosis. <laughs> and then once they do that, they will neutralize – once it's neutralized in themselves, they will neutralize everyone else with the Zat guns. But it's it's just predicated on so many different if this goes right, if this goes right, if this goes right. And then they do not realize that because Sam has had a gold in her before, <laughs> Seth is going to be able yeah. to pick up on that. And like that was yeah. one of the first things I was thinking of when they started going over that plan. I'm like, isn't he going to know? Because everyone else has known that they yeah. it. Yeah. Well, what, and what about Jack? And of course, you know, the, the fact that Jack had one in him, but they don't really play off of that. No, they don't. You know, they don't yeah. really play out the fact that he's he's had one because it never fully implanted it, you know, because mm-hmm. that one apparently was a slow goal to get put in there. Right. So, yeah, but, you know, but yeah. the, the first time I saw this, I thought I thought it almost looked like Jack never got affected by the chemical that because, you know, you, you watch like everybody else, both Daniel and Sam are responding with such gusto. Yeah. And Jack <laughs> is kind of muttering the Seth is our God, you know type responses yeah uh yeah maybe that's how richard dean anderson communicates bliss <laughs> yeah but, i don't know yeah yeah that that whole like seed and transition that whole thing was like it was like so carter wasn't affected or she was affected or something and yeah that that was just not yeah. very well executed i think yeah. although I, I was gonna say i, I think most most male geeks that were watching this would want carter to look at them like he, she looked at seth but still yep. <laughs> the big doe eye look yep yeah. <laughs> find yourself someone who looks at you like nishta affected carter looks at seth there you go there you go that's the meme right oh that's awesome <laughs> yeah put that on a mug a valentine's card yeah. for my husband right yeah, there yeah. You go. yeah. just in time for valentine's Day. oh okay victor you, you're, you're, oh. you're gonna make that up for a meme we need that for the yeah. cover art for this yeah. <laughs> Only the niche itself looks like Pepe Le Pew or like when someone breathes like garlic fumes on someone in a cartoon. It's like this green stink cloud that (laughs) flies around. And I'm like, okay, like, like it couldn't have been pink or something because of bliss or I don't know, like sparkly or glitter or something. Yeah. Should have been rainbow colored with sparkles. Yeah. (laughs) And also, I do appreciate Seth's throne and how he has a harem girl like dedicated just to like polishing his throne in like the most like desultory fashion yeah <laughs> possible they don't even show her it's just his hand like just kind of like eh, i'm polishing it you at least give yeah. him one of those like swifter like magic yeah. mops or whatever yeah <laughs> you know what i didn't even notice her yeah now i'm gonna have to go back and watch she's just off the side and you'd see her kind of on the edge of the screen yeah. she'd be there That's doing funny. her thing and it's just like Meh. yeah i was so yeah. puzzled about his motorcycle jacket that was floor length with his gown thing like he's got the robe gown thing and then he's got like the leather jacket over it and then he's got the black hair with the goat I, I could not figure out that he look looked, the yeah, life he of looked me. like a John Petrucci from the band Dream Theater. It's the first thing mm. I thought of when I saw him. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. He's <laughs> got the exact same hairstyle and just the, the beard and everything. I was like, This dude yeah. plays guitar in a metal band, doesn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I I will say the, the cult members uh clothing, the, the, the floor length hoodie looked actually rather comfortable at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't be bad. Like a snuggie. Like yeah. a snuggie, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
can't be blissed out if you're wearing uh, constricting clothing. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, at least once, if Carter's going to be threatened to go in a harem, she didn't have to wear something like binding. You know, she got a nice, yeah. comfy robe. So that was good. They just pull out her emancipation wardrobe right. or something. And- yeah, exactly. Payback <laughs> for putting her in that yeah. and all the other things that come out, you know, like come up later. Just let her wear the robe now. Just get comfy. Yeah. I do like how they spring that on her, like as they're already in the compound. I'm like, you guys didn't talk about this plan at all, did you? Oh, yeah. Both both her and Jack. It's like, wait a second. We didn't talk about this part of the plan. (laughs) And I like how Daniel, like they're in the compound and Daniel's like, well, the ancient ruins have stairs. So this must have stairs because every single building this person builds is going to have the exact same layout. Yeah. Yeah. And tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. Like professionally dug, like sewer tunnels or access tunnels that his 50 followers like dug out and then built cement like (laughs) access yeah he was strategic about who he picked he picked some uh, electricians some plumbers (laughs) yeah stone masons like he knew what he wanted yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's he's got the best thrown polishers in the business right there yeah (laughs) yeah but the inside of the house looked a little like late 70s to me yeah anyone else with the you know, dark wood stairs too. and the funky car. I, I wonder, I wonder what cabin or whose cabin that was that they were able to rent for the weekend to, yeah. to film. Apparently, yeah. apparently <laughs> has like the quietest hardwood floors too, because Seth and like four of his bodyguards are able to stomp down the stairs and Jack and Daniel like what? don't even turn around. <laughs> they just have their back to them until they're like in the room. <laughs> hey, we're right behind you. And then they're like, what? Oh, I totally didn't hear you guys like walking down the wooden stairs in the hundred year old. They had slippers on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. They could have been barefoot. With their, with their robes, right? I don't think we ever yeah. see what, I don't know what they were on their feet, but slippers would go nicely, right? They have oh, a yeah. big Crosby pipe too. You'd, you'd be comfortable. Oh, you'd be really comfortable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> maybe uh, their hearing was affected by their hearing aids uh, shocking them in the ears. That's true. Just head yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this this episode, I think there's there's a trap that SG one falls into with their ghouled villains, which is if they do like a one off like this, they only have like forty two minutes, and the build up before you actually get to the ghouled villain is so long that by the time you get to the ghouled villain, they only get one or two scenes. We saw this with Hathor mm-hmm. in the last episode. We see it with Seth too. There's like a scene with him sitting in a chair, scene with him standing up and then trying to run through the tunnels. And it's kind of like if you're going to set up a credible threat, you need to kind of have your heroes encounter him at various stages, kind of like what they do in the Sonic games with Dr. Eggman or Sephiroth in Final Fantasy VII. He needs to be like a constant annoyance or threat before you actually dispatch with him. And so we see SG-1 doing this a few more times with some of their one-off ghouls where, yeah. Yeah, he didn't really seem like that much of a threat. And I feel like kind of once they get to – like the setup was interesting – but once they get to the actual area and they start infiltrating it, the plot just kind of falls apart and not really a lot happens. Like they get captured and then they escape and then they shoot each other with the Zat guns and then Carter kills him and then it's over. Like there's no <laughs> real, there's no real tension once they're like, once they've been freed. Except bombs. I love that. Word. Oh yeah. The gold yes. bombs. Yeah. Yeah. Jack, Cause Jack and a, uh... Daniel, you know, uh, Seth lays the bomb next to him as they're unconscious. And they wake up, bomb, bomb, and run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just made me think of a C-3PO and a Return of the Jedi. 
Yeah. He's holding a thermal detonator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. And then we get the, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, it is a problem with these, these episodes. And then, of course, you get, you know, the father who, uh, the father of, of Tommy was, yeah, mm-hmm. his, his dad, where yeah. he was just kind of the trying to drive up drama, but not really. Definitely. But also to make the parallel between the two of them and, and uh, uh, Carter, uh, Jacob Carter and his son. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Teal's little questioning there, right? Do do parents, yeah. uh, was it Earth parents not love their children unconditionally? Children unconditionally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jacob's like, nope. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's complicated, and and Tilk says, you know, many things are complicated. Loving one's uh, children is not one of them. Yeah. So there you go. I really like yeah, that just... scene because it was like it was. Yeah. I thought so too. Yeah. It's like, look, I I shot shot Ryak with a Zat gun because I loved him. Right. It's it was, like yeah. you can't even call him on Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I d- I did like Tommy's dad, though. Like, I couldn't tell if he had, like, some, like, ulterior motive when he's in there, like, pouring the coffee and he's, like, trying to listen in and he spills the coffee. I was like, now he's going to place a listening device on him. And no, it was really just to set up that, you know, that, that uh, you know, poignant dad moment, which is which is good. Yeah. There wasn't really room in the plot for much more than that at this point. But oh, but the spilling I mean, coffee thing was a little awkwardly weird. And yeah, it made you think he yeah. spilled it on purpose, which I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, of course, you could tell it was a government installation because you got this temporary tent that's set up, but they made sure to have the bun coffee maker. You know, yeah. you got to have your coffee maker. That's a requirement, yeah. Yeah, it just felt that whole that whole subplot, I, I know it kind of ties into uh, Jacob Carter with his son, but it just felt like a lot of it just not really fleshed out and just kind of there. Like, you don't really get the whole you don't get like any sort of dramatic progression of these these scenes it's just like jacob and his son have not talked this guy and his son haven't talked now they're uh, hugging each other yeah like, there's no real i was i, I was know. grateful for that to be perfectly honest like the last thing i really needed was to bring in another character that's not affiliated with the stargate yeah mm. just to burn burn time i don't know well and i yeah, think I you also like they, they could have used it better you were seeing the transition of uh jacob Right from mm-hmm. what we got to see a little bit of what General Carter was like, and then but that transition from the the guy that you know Major Carter, Captain mm-hmm. Carter, you know wasn't really yep. on good terms with, and then you know now that he's got Selmac, he's kind of finding his Zen and making amends and all this stuff. So it was like one more stepping stone to get to the guy that we all you know like to see yep. pop up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I do like, and I do like how it was Selmak who was like pressuring right. him to reconcile with his son yeah. too. It's like seriously, I'm living in your head. I cannot deal with right. this like, yeah. regret anymore. So well, it's kind of like the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit will like you know right. prompt you to do things like to reconcile with your son. Okay, okay, okay. No, really, reconcile with your yeah. son. And well, I love that he like you so. Think you should love him so yeah. much just because it's driving me yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and it, it, I mean, I love it how Selmak basically takes over in the elevator. It's like. Do something about yes. this. He's driving me <laughs> yeah. up the wall. I can't yeah. handle it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it I good. love it. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the the back and forth between Selmak and uh, Jacob. I like the, they seem like usually with the gold, we don't really get the human side of it. So it's mm-hmm. nice to see that, that back and forth. And I feel like they've done it more with him than they have with any of the other Tokra. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think my favorite Jacob moment is this when they're like, you know, yes, he goes by Seth or Satesh and stuff. And then at the end, Jacob's like, did you guys get shotish? Was like, that wasn't even on the list. I was like, what, did you get the Bohemian folk dance that they do at weddings and stuff? That's probably why he pulled it out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I did notice uh, he gave us yet another pronunciation of gold at, at the beginning. It was like, yeah. gwald. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll was that like a running joke throughout this? I mean, the all 10 seasons, because you'll notice there's constantly people mispronouncing it. You would think by like season three, you know, they... They would tell you, you this know, is how to say it, but they're always doing I it. Would, I would say that all makes it more realistic because, you know, people are going to get different pronunciations of it yeah. in real life, you know, and especially if it's somebody who's not familiar with them as much as like, say, SG-1, who's dealing with them on a daily basis, more or less, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. I, I think it's almost more realistic because it, it almost it's almost too unrealistic when you get a, a series where everybody pronounces the words exactly proper, especially the unfamiliar ones. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and on. Oh, and I was just saying on some of the DVD commentaries when they have a guest star who like you know massacres it, they will call it out and say "gould" or "guold" or however the guest star this week wanted to pronounce it. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's because they're they're not going to like stop an otherwise good take and say no, you said it wrong, or you know they're mm. probably not going to spring for the ADR to loop it back in or something. So yeah, there was a a good episode of uh, the Star Trek show Lower Decks. Uh, oh yes, got to where they. They hang a lantern on the fact that none Gamato. of the actors yeah, in the original <laughs> series could pronounce it. So it's like throughout the episode, they're calling Mugatu, Gumatu, Mugatu, like all these different things. So yeah, it's always funny to see that. Yeah. And the name of the episode is Mugato Gamato because, oh, yeah. you know, there are d different pronunciations for different original <laughs> actors. And, and the, like you said, ah, they carry okay. it through. So, yeah. So it's like Bones couldn't say Mugato, I think it was. So he started calling him Gamato instead or something like that. So I haven't seen that episode yet. I'm 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 doing my first watch through of TOS. I watched all the other Star Treks, but it's my first watch through of TOS. So I'm looking forward to when we finally get to that episode because the Lower Decks one was fun. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what happened. Kirk doesn't say sabotage; he says sabotage. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say maybe that's what happens when we get to 2010 yeah. with the Shen, Ashen, Ashen. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Spend the right emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is nice. Um, how th this episode is kind of like the whole riff on the the government busting up a cult. But I like that they end it positively. Like mm -hmm. it actually works. They rescue everybody mm -hmm. because there's an episode of the X Files that has a similar premise, and it also has this really weird like past life like resurrection where uh, Fox Mulder was like a Civil War soldier and this whole weird thing that's going on. And then it ends in like the most depressing way possible where everybody commits suicide in the cult. Mm. So I like oh. that they don't, I like that they did not go that direction with this episode. No, the most depressing <laughs> thing is Carter realizing that she could kill someone with the hand device, with the ribbon yeah. device, right? Yep. That was a good, that was a good, like, I wouldn't say good kill, but like, that was actually like, you know, like watching him get flattened and like pancaked into the ground so hard that it actually like makes a crater. That was like, for the show, that was like, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, and then Jack gets the best line at that, at that point, like, you know, um, you killed him. And then Jack goes, hail Dorothy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From, from the wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. Wizard of Oz. Yep. 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 I was hoping that the uh, mortal combat music would start playing. <laughs> yeah. Finish him. <laughs> <laughs> 
We do learn some more stuff about Jack. We learn that his jacket size is either extra large or 2XL. And, and apparently he is not big on Second Amendment rights. And that could just be because it's a Canadian show. But, you know, he's like saying, hey, those guys didn't get their 15 day waiting period. You know, it's like, well, that was and would this have been? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Nine. Yeah, yeah I, there, this, this was a point when, you know, you could get things, but you had to do the 15 day waiting period. So, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Because they're talking about AKs, which, you know, assuming they're not civilian replicas of AKs are fully auto. They're talking about Uzis, yeah. same thing. So, I mean, it, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess I wasn't considering it in the, in the time frame. But, but that being there. said, uh, you know, Richard Dean Anderson is exactly two way friendly either. So Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that one, uh, that one just went over me. I know nothing about guns, so. Yeah. You want to come to town? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do live in Alabama. Or, I was going to say. Or, or Detroit. Al- <laughs> yes, in Alabama, one of those states where they just yeah. issue guns. No. <laughs> yeah. When you come in, when you get your driver's license, they just give you one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's you your starter nine mil. Here. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but I did love the interplay with Jack and... Uh, her, uh, General Carter, you know, where Jack just, he's in control. He's in charge. And he keeps answering, answering, yep. answering. And I love the uh, F, the ATF guy, you know, saying, do you let your subordinate basically be insubordinate? And he says he's yep. not being insubordinate to me. And that's yeah. such a, <laughs> such a yeah. great line and delivery. And you just kind of got a feeling what general carter was like before selmac and you're like Ew, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can imagine he was a bit of a hard case shall we say yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do also like the line where uh the atf agent says i've got top clearance and jack says not top enough yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so a little disappointing when he call, calls the guy over jack calls the guy over and he's like i'll throw you a bone right and he tells him i'm the, I, he was being serious. I thought for sure well, he was going to say something sarcastic or snarky or, you know. Well, and, but Jack didn't exactly lie either. I mean, no, he, 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 he told him the truth, but it's just not the full truth. Um, yeah. It, he gave him an answer, basically, that he knew the guy would be satisfied with. Yeah. yeah I just felt like after all of the sarcasm, I, I don't know, the little meat, I was a little disappointed. Yeah. I another zinger. It was, he's he's actually throwing him a bone. <laughs> right. He's giving him a break. <laughs> it was a limited hangout. See what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a limited hangout. He told him something that was true, but not the not the full truth. There, Very exactly. Truth. Just enough to. This it. has my favorite character of this episode: mm-hmm. the small town sheriff. Oh yeah, can't be bothered with anything that goes on at the cult. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, there's there's the cult over there. Yeah, go go. I gotta go to oh, Earl's. No. Yeah, I gotta go to Earl's fight and break up a fight. Yep, there's a fight breaking out. I want to hear more about that fight at Earl's. Yeah, <laughs> I bet, you, I bet you there's a real story behind that. Well, the funny part this is supposedly like north of Seattle, which if if you've been north of Seattle, it's it's still got some very rural areas. I mean, between Seattle and the Canadian border, and it, it looks about like that area because they basically filmed in that area, right? Just yeah. on the other side of the border. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the cult wasn't going to be in Arizona. We all kind of knew that when they said that there was going to be a cult. You could tell whoever picked New uh, San Diego for Jacob Carter's son has never been to San Diego. 
people don't own coats like that in San Diego. We can ask Jimmy Aiken. It doesn't get that cold no. in San Diego that you have to wear big, you know, winter coats like leather coats or whatever. It's always pretty temperate there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was an interesting scene where maybe I'm misremembering, but I don't think we've really gotten anything about his son in the past. So you just no. kind of get it where he knocks on the door, you, you, he comes out and gives him a hug. I think we knew Carter had a door. Yeah. And I think that's about as far as we knew. We didn't know anything about him. I, th- I think we actually just heard his name was Mike today, or in this episode, I mean. Yeah. Yes, Mark. 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 I said Mike. Well, yeah, Mark. I remember in the, oh, hi, in the Mark. very beginning, first season, um, <laughs> was it Cold Lazarus? Where um, Carter finds out that Jack had... A son that was killed, right? Mm-hmm. And she says, "I'm an auntie myself," and you know, my brother Mark has two kids. So, so we knew oh, that, okay. that she had a, yeah. a brother and oh, okay. niece and niece and nephew. But that was pretty much that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a. So where does uh, this one fall on the old shippage meter? It was is who's there. shipping who? <laughs> not there. Okay, not existent. Is this shipping Carter and Seth? Is that what we're doing? Uh, I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm shippage blind, so people have to explain the this to me. The bliss, uh, bliss yeah. old Carter, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to look up that quote and like, what was it? Seth is happiness. Seth, no. Is it like Seth is life or Seth is, Seth is love. Seth is life. <laughs> Seth is yeah. Life. yeah. I'm going to try that okay, on my I, family. I'm going to walk around and like say that as a mantra and see, you know, see what happens. It's a mindfulness technique. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Maybe then they'll empty the dishwasher. Maybe. <laughs> or they'll destroy yeah. it with a Kishkara. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here we go. I found the quote. Seth is life. Seth is happiness. Seth is almighty. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Okay, that doesn't sound, but that's not going to work on my family. Yeah, here we go. I want to get that on like one of those like shellac wood boards, like the Chip and Joanna Gaines thing. Have a wood burn just hanging up. That would be cool. (laughs) Laugh, laugh, Seth. (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was Chip or Joanna Games there, but Games. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nice. Hey, did uh, y'all have any other thoughts on this episode? Um, I noticed, uh, and I think maybe this is the first time I'd, I'd seen it, at least on uh, Daniel's desk. He has a picture of Shari. Oh, he did. Oh, that's right next to his computer. Make it out. Nice. Yep. I just kept yeah, looking at the one on the camel in front of the. Oh, the yeah. I thought that was one that just came with the frame, but no, it was, it was her. Hmm. I mean, they were actually together as a couple, so it might've just been an actual picker picture. Yeah. I think she was in costume, but still, yeah, it was, yeah. 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 I know. Maybe that's the thing at home. She wore the charade costume. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. The less questions, the better. Yeah. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Now that I've left it on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm 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 not gonna follow that. Yeah. <laughs> um, aristocrats. Actually, yeah. It's a, it's a good article that uh 
you shared, Lisa, um, from space.com talking about why it's mm. time for a new Stargate series. And they basically, they go through the whole, all the news about, uh, Amazon buying MGM studios, which means they now own the rights to Stargate. And they talk about, uh, Basically, they give three different reasons about why they we should have a new Stargate uh, series. And the first one is that it doesn't really feel like Star Wars or Star Trek. And the mm-hmm. second one is that it can do Game of Thrones in space. I guess they're kind of talking about you get that medieval intrigue that you don't really get in the other two shows. And that uh, it kind of is more lighthearted than those other two mm-hmm. shows can be. And so it's an interesting uh, series, and it'd be fun to talk about uh, what would y'all like to see in a continuation, and would you rather there be a like a straight-up just clean slate reboot, or would you like to see a continuation that takes into account the rest of the canon and of the and the universe of the show? I guess we can start with you, uh, Father Corey. You know, I I hope they don't go for a reboot. You know, it, it, I mean, there was, there was talk at one point in this mention that of Roland Emmerich bringing back off of the the trilogy that he had originally planned yeah and i think that idea is dead and i hope that stays dead because let's let's be honest the 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 three tv series were so much bigger than the movie ever was and any success the movie had Mm -hmm. beyond its initial release is because of the tv series so i think it would be a mistake to do that um and i hope they remember the reason why universe had such a bad response from the beginning yep is it tried too hard to be the battlestar galactica the star trek discovery the game of thrones set in the stargate universe yeah and it just didn't work um i've never seen the second season from what i understand is when they started to finally get away from that battlestar galactica model it actually started to get worth watching yeah that time was too late all, you know, all the characters stopped hating each other right. for five minutes and yeah. the show actually started to work, you know, and so I don't want to see them try to try to do the same thing like Star Trek Discovery. I mean, I don't want to see I want to see them remember that people like Stargate because it was a planet of the week, a bad guy of the week, a funny tongue in cheek science fiction series. Mm-hmm. And if they did that and you know, with the current. Streaming models, you know, every streaming, you know, made for streaming TV series is less than 15 episodes in a season. Mm-hmm. You know, people would love to see 10 episodes of SG1, the next generation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, people would love it. You know, obviously it wouldn't be this, the original actors. It would be the next crew, you know, 20 years, 30 years later. Fine. Great. It'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. What about you, Lisa? Well, I agree with Father Corey in that if they tried to reboot it, I think it would just crush the audience that they have. They have this built-in audience of fans. I mean, look at us. It's been, I don't know, 23 years, 24 years since it came out. And we're here talking about it. And mm-hmm. if you just jump on the internet for any length of time, you'll find a whole host of people who remember fondly Stargate and still talking about it and still have this huge fan base. So I don't, I don't, I would hope there's no possibility of reboot. Cause why would you wipe that out? Um, mm-hmm. All the canon that they built and the goodwill and the, the passion of the fans that exist. My great fear is that they do a continuation, but they try to make it edgy and cool mm-hmm. in yeah. 2022 or 2023 or, you know, whatever. 
and yeah. kind of like what they did with universe and they, they yeah. tried to adapt it for the times and rather there was there's something about stargate that really hit fans and it, it hit fans across i would think a lot of um ages uh male and female i mean look at us i i, mean, I, I think i probably liked it for a lot of different reasons than y'all mm-hmm. liked it i mean it's it just it just worked across um a wide um you know uh platform and so i want them to remember that and you know you don't have to have cameos we don't need to see all the actors i don't want to see us doing like um you know i don't know if i should bring up book above that but you know like where they're you know <laughs> yeah. cgiing characters from you know yeah. 30 40 yep. years ago and you know i don't want to see jack o'neill where he hasn't aged or whatever um i you know i I just think there's a way to do it that would be wonderful and graceful, but I'm, I'm a little, I have a little trepidation. I'm a little fearful that yeah. they will ruin it. And so <laughs> as much as I hashtag, we want Stargate, I, I am nervous. So I want it, but I want it like I want it. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it would be like the character me, in the matrix. Yeah. yeah. They want to call me and let me tell them how to do it. I'm, I'm perfectly cool with that. <laughs> Yeah, I think we need to start no. that uh, social media campaign. Right. And, and for people listening, she did the the, the hand yeah, to the yeah, ear yeah. shaking, yeah. you know, yeah. pinky yeah. finger and thumb out. That's right. Call me. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely think uh, it has to be a continuation, um, a reboot. You're no, there's nobody who's not watching or who hasn't watched Stargate that's thinking to themselves like, gosh, I really want to watch Stargate, but I don't want to like watch the shows that exist because of all the baggage or something. I mean, there's nobody. Yeah. It's a really cool premise, but I'm waiting for them to like start with a clean slate. Yeah. Um, I think that they need to trim it back quite a bit because it, things got so big. Like we have like, you know, SG-1, we have the Soviet Stargate program, we have Atlantis, we have Atlantis now coming back to Earth. We have... You know, the universe space, you know, where they're on another planet that gets blown up and now they're on this ship hurtling through space, although they do need to get back to that. But (laughs) they need to trim it back a little bit. And like maybe it's like, you know, a couple of kids build a Stargate in their like garage, like an Orland gate or something. And then like the government gets involved there, but they need to start smaller than they are. They can't possibly, Mm -hmm. you know, start with the full universe and try to try to go from there. So I think like a new entry point. Um, in terms of reboots, we kind of did have a reboot. Reboot. It was called, you know, Stargate Origins, and oh, it was yeah. not good. Granted, it probably cost about eleven thousand dollars to make, but <laughs> <laughs> and all that money showed up on the screen, um, such as it was. But yeah, I think the main requirement is it has to be something I can watch with my kids. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, no. and it has to be something that, like, you know, the 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 you know scientifically curious, you know, eight year old can watch it and understand you know, how the technology is working, you know, on a basic level and also get something out of it, you know, learn about black holes or singularities Mm -hmm. and things like that. And just spark that imagination and that kind of love of science and physics, um, you know, rather than it just being about like, like who's angry at who this week for what reason. Right. Right. I think that's, that's something really important that you touched on is that it needs to have, it needs to be a fun, wholesome show that's Mm -hmm. enjoyable by everybody mm-hmm. in that because that's my biggest problem with the new star trek shows is that i cannot watch those with my yep. son because they're so dark and they're so violent and they're just depressing but he can see like the original series or next generation or things like that because even though like i like it and i'm an adult 
I remember watching those shows growing up and it wasn't something that was awful and depressing. And I feel right. like that's something that we've really gotten away from with TV nowadays is that everything is segmented into its specific demographic. Like you have kids shows and you have adult shows and you have teenager shows. Like you don't have TV shows that are just good that everybody can watch and everybody can get something out of. And I would mm -hmm. like to see, see something like that. I think the best way for them to do it would be to do kind of like how next generation was a continuation of the original series of Star Trek, but it was also kind of a soft reboot where you could start with that yep. and mm -hmm. you didn't have to watch the original series. Right. And they built back up from there and they included a lot of references where if you already like Star Trek, you would get them, but it was not required for you to watch mm -hmm. them. And I feel like that right. would be the best way for them to go about it. Oh, something else just occurred to me. You said they own Amazon now owns like all of MGM studios. Yeah. Uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, it's it's they're in the process, but I, as far okay. as I know, that it's not officially signed over yet. But they so will. We they will. Could, so we could get our Stargate Legally Blonde crossover at some point. Oh, that would oh, that that'd be so awesome! I'll, I'm all over yeah. Elwood. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> you did also mention something, Victor, that got me thinking. Um, it would be interesting if they did kind of like a Stargate. Like Stargate Stranger Things is kind of like what sounded like what you were talking about, like with kids building a gate. But Stargate Afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I would be worried they would kind of go in that yeah. direction. So aren't we kind of saying they. Okay. I was going to say, I think they could. I think they could do it well. I don't have a lot of faith that it will be good when they make it because I feel like everything is very concerned with being very socially topical mm -hmm. and also very mm -hmm. dark. Right. And I don't, I don't know if there's, I think there's a market for fun, like adventure TV shows. And I kind of like Stargate. Stargate for me is kind of like what I tried to like Doctor Who for. Like, I'm not a big fan of Doctor Who, but Stargate <sighs> kind of fills that, fills that niche for me where it's fun, but it's not too heavy or serious. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was no, one of the things they were known for doing well is, I mean, look at, we kind of make fun of it, but we like it. That they yeah. take these yeah. kind of heavy topics and then it's like where any other show would have them in therapy for three years. The next episode, they're like, oh, we're, everything's okay. You know, and it's just, yeah. you can kind of like why I watch Hallmark movies, right? You can watch it and, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's redemption and happiness at the end and it's all okay. Yeah. Like, well, it's, yeah. you mentioned Dr. Who, like you, you watch classic Who and it's not deep. It's not overly serious. I mean... It's got some serious parts. It's got some scary parts. It's got some intense parts. But by and large, it's pretty, pretty tame compared to what they put on the TV today. Mm -hmm. um, I think what's going to be interesting to see is, one, what they're doing with Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And two, how, what the response is. If that tends to be more lighthearted and more adventure of the week, like they say it's going to, and less serious then again i keep going to discovery but discovery is just kind of the example of everything that's bad with you know streaming tv today in my opinion and if it's the not discovery and if it's more what we want with stargate and people respond to it well like i hope they will that could be a really good sign for being able for the producers of stargate because it's it's many of the same people who were involved in stargate way back when that are pushing for the new series yeah them being able to say, look, this is a model very similar to what we've, we did back in the nineties and two thousands and it was successful. Can we, we want to do it again. Mm -hmm. So what, what you're saying is you want to have 
fun when you're watching TV? <laughs> oh, terrible. Oh, right. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I don't want to be preached at. Yeah. I'm the preacher. Yeah. I don't want to be preached at. A little oh. escapism <laughs> is nice. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I like science fiction. Yeah. I just want people I like who are heavily armed go to a different planet every week and something weird happens and then they all come home and are happy about it. There you go. And if there's ex- exactly. and if there's explosions, yeah. all the better. And yeah, and people shipping. flying through the air without really yeah. <laughs> I'll have to take your word on that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we'd uh we'd love to hear uh what uh, what all our listeners think of this? Uh, you can reach reach us reach out to us at uh, stargate at sqpn dot com or on Twitter at sqpn or on Facebook at Starquest Media. So let us know uh, what your ideal uh, Stargate uh, continuation would be. And before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Evany G, Dixie P, Father Terrence D, Anusha M, and Nate F. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or on Twitter at SQPN. You can also join the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Fair Game. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack, and it will reside on me also. <laughs> Once again, I'm Jack Berzini, and thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? <laughs>